My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening. Oh, you know what? I screwed up. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Diablo 2, Lords of Lords of Ball, Throne of Ball. The Throne of Master something. help me. But yeah, some throne or other. That's not my game of the week. I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Diablo 1. Is it? Isn't it something about ball? Or I'm confusing my. Uh, Lord Lord of Destruction, I think, is uh, twos. No, I'm pretty sure that's a Molly Hatchet album. It probably is. <laughs> I, I think that the that entire uh, thing is based on a Molly Hatchet album. A large portion of Diablo. Uh, so this, by the way, now McMaster, you're already talking about Diablo. I just want folks to know. Uh, here on the Quarter to Three podcast, we sort of pride ourselves on, on variety and, and covering a breadth of topics. Everyone's talking about, ah, Diablo came out this week, Diablo this, Diablo that. We're not going to do that. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, Max Payne 3 came out this week. Uh, I just found this great zombie game called Rebuild that I've been playing. Dragon's Dogma is out next week. I've got a copy of that. Uh, seems like something Master might have something to say about. Uh, Starhawk. That just came out, that multiplayer uh, thing on the PlayStation 3. So you're probably sick of, of listening to folks talk about Diablo. You're in the right place. Uh, so let's get started. Jason T. McMaster, you and I, we've written some new material this week. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, we, we want to share that with the listeners. We have new existential knock-knock jokes. Uh, we'll start you out with that. I'll, I'll start off. Here we go. Uh, here's an existential knock-knock joke. By Tom Chick. <clears throat> knock, knock. Who's there? Hey, man. Okay, so I got my laptop. Where, where should I set it up? Uh, yeah, you can set it up over here. Uh, I got you a place uh, on the coffee table. Okay, do I need to move, yeah, I'll just move that? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't break that, did I? No, no, no. It, it, it's been broken. Did you paint this yourself, this little lead figure? Yeah, actually, I did. The others uh, a friend gave me, but uh, I decided to try it out. So, uh, yeah, I did that one. It's really sweet. Now, what's the uh, the password for your wireless network? It is Deckard with a three. To three card. Okay, good. Now, all right, so I'm going to log into, log into uh, Diablo 3 here. Uh, invite me to your game. All right, since you an invite. All right, that is an existential knock-knock joke that I like to call, what's the password to your wireless network? Uh, McMaster, you've written some material this week as well. What do you got for us? All right, uh, I got one for you. Knock-knock. Who's there? Hello? Who's there? Oh, he trick-knocked me. <laughs> There's a word for that. I, I'm the Lord of Destruction. Yeah, I, I'm evil. That just seems like something, you know... Uh, you would just, like, leave me hanging at the door. It's, you know, we used to call that something in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, that I can't say what it well, is because it involves yeah. terrible racial epithet that I'm... Yeah, yeah, being from the South as well, I'm familiar with that one. So uh, you you just did that to me yeah. as, as if you were we'll, the we'll Lord of Destruction. It, we'll call it Diablo knocking. Wow, that's insidious, McMaster. <laughs> All right, so there's some material for you. Uh, we, we do scripted uh, material on this podcast sometimes. You just heard examples of it. Uh, but otherwise, we've got our format. McMaster, what is our format this week? I believe we're going to talk about news and then games. Mm, news of the week and games of the week. Let's start off with, uh, how about some news? Sure. Some news. Uh, I'll start us off for uh, my pick for news of the week, and that is uh, Diablo, right. Diablo 3 came out this week. That's my news. Oh. Big news. Yeah. Uh, 
I think everyone everyone's kind of heard about it, but let's just talk. You know, we can't very well ignore the elephant in the room, right? Oh, I guess not. I mean, we want to get to Max Payne 3 and Starhawk and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, there's various patches for games. I'm sure there's some iPhone games that have come out. There's probably some free-to-play MMOs that have come out this week. We need to cover that, but let's not ignore Diablo 3. So, no. uh, now, McMaster, I don't want to make any assumptions. Are you playing this Diablo thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've messed around with it a little bit. All right, so uh, just why don't you? I, I posted a review, so if you go to quarter to three, I think folks will see that I'm pretty enthusiastic. I, I'm I'm kind of digging it. McMaster, give us in a nutshell how how are you reacting to this thing? Um, very uh, very positively. I'm uh, I'm actually kind of surprised. Now let me put uh, it this way: Has it interfered with your sleep schedule? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, not. Not as terribly as some people, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> wait a minute, was that directed at me, McMaster? No. Just because no. a guy sleeps until four in the afternoon, <laughs> sometimes that happens. Sometimes that, it's called. I like to think of that, McMaster, as as dedication. Uh, yeah, it's dedication to uh, to your craft. I understand. Yeah, this game is not going to play itself on normal itself. No. You know, just so you know. No, you got to get the nightmare before the fun really begins. Anyway, we all you know, know that. You know, you say that, and I sort of, I would hear somebody say that and sort of think, ah, that's just some like hardcore, uh, like gamer eping trope. I don't believe it for a second, but I think I'm on board with that, McMaster. Have you now? Have you hit nightmare yet? No, I'm actually right at the end. Um, I've been playing with like a bunch of different people, so like I, I'll end up like replaying parts of the game over and over again. <laughs> like um, I've ended, I played with Gus Mastropa a good bit. I played uh, with a uh, just like God, a bunch of people, and it's like, yeah, I ended up playing like the first part four or five times. I think yeah. the first act, and then um, I've played the second act. Like I think this is my third or fourth playthrough. So how so, how how sick are you of the Skeleton King? Skeleton King, you know, I'm almost not as sick of him as I am, like, just the, the first part, because of playing through it in the beta, and then playing it again, and then I've played through it, like, a lot, basically, at this point. It's like, I don't I don't care about finding uh, Decker Kane that much anymore. I will say, McMaster, uh, as much as I'm sick of the Skeleton King, I'm always happy to reach the guy, because I know I've gotten past that, that early section you know that whole level one to ten section, like that's all. That's oh, sort of like the 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 sort of the basic groundwork you have to lay before you can play a character. It's like your little initial game tax. So once I hit the skeleton king, I'm like, okay, finally now I'm going to get some options for building a character. I'm going to see the stuff that I haven't seen a million times already. So as much as I'm sick of him, I'm always glad to see that fella. Yeah. You know, and speaking of building a character, did you know that you can assign whatever skills you want to any key? Or to uh, in, uh, any of the first keys in a queue? So what do you think of them doing that? So as, as folks uh, may or may not know, when you get skills, they're either primary or secondary, and then you've got those four hot-keyed skills that tend to have a right. category based on the, the class. And the way the game is laid out, you think, okay, you can only slot a few skills in each of those 
places in each of those slots. But if you check in the options mode, something called uh, in the options screen, something called elective, elective. mode. Yeah. And even yeah. if you check it, which I did right off the bat, because I went in there and I was like checking all these things. Oh, yeah, I want my numbers. I want the healing numbers. I want the critical hits to be yellow. I checked all that stuff. I, I saw elective mode and I was like, oh, yeah, I want that. But had no idea what it did until I'd actually played through a normal once all the way and then realized, oh, when you slot a skill, you can hit yeah. those arrows. And at first I saw those arrows and I thought, oh, it's just letting me look at the other skills. But you're still assigning something to that slot. So, yeah, I feel that's huge, McMaster. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like it's not just that you can drag whatever you want to it wherever you want it, which is what it kind of makes sense. You know, that, yeah, you have to click on the skill and then you have to arrow through all the other skills. And, like, in, in some classes it may not make a big difference, but I know Tom and I both played Witch Doctor up. To like mine's thirty one now. I'm sure yours is higher than that. Um, and uh, Witch Doctor just has some skills that you don't want to use that often, you know. And like their placement on the keys is also kind of irritating. Like summon zombie dogs being the first key makes no sense to me. Oh yeah, exactly. Because you you use that and you never touch the button. It's like a fire and forget thing. It's not something right. constantly the, hitting. Yeah. I mean the gargantuan on four. That's fine. But, yeah, you know, the zombie dog should have been three, which is what I ended up making them. Uh, but, like, you know, you could do stuff uh, like they have that swarm of moths or, like, a locust or whatever, uh, yep. that uh, DOT. That's probably my, one of my favorite Witch Doctor abilities. Uh, you can also throw, like, Haunt in there, which is on the same skill tree, so you wouldn't know that unless you were, like, really trying to find out. It's definitely, it's definitely a power user kind of thing, and as a, as a guy who's a power user, I think you and I are both into the, the nitty-gritty stuff with Diablo 3, and we're wanting to bang on it and try different things. We're not, we're not casual players, but right. as a power user, it's kind of annoying that I can't just get a list of skills. You know, now that I can build a character this way, I don't want to tab through all those different screens. I kind of wished it was arranged in a little bit more friendly way for me. Uh, right. to, to look at stuff. And, and you're right, McMaster, the, but I think what's going on there is they're, they're really wanting to take pains to make the game accessible to people who don't care about being a, a power user. And, and playing the Witch Doctor, it's not that easy to see what they're doing. But if you play something like, say, the Barbarian or the Demon Hunter, and uh, it, it makes sense, and I can understand why they do that. And, and what's particular about those two characters is they have this kind of formula where their basic attack builds up a resource, and their secondary attack spends that resource. For the right, Demon right. Hunter, it's called uh, hate. Hatred, for, yeah. Right, and for the Barbarian, it's, I think, fury or anger, rage, whatever it is. Rage, yeah, I think it's rage. So what they're doing there is they don't want people, just a new guy to jump in and then queue up a bunch of skills that don't that spend uh, hatred and rage and that don't generate it and therefore gimp themselves with a, with a functionally... Uh, untenable build so i think right. that's what they're, they're going for in some classes it, it makes more sense than others um uh but but yeah that made a huge difference when i when i realized that i had so i had a bunch of friends over last night to, to play it on the land here uh many of whom are, are not i'll be friendly not power gamers you know they're they're more casual sure. gamers uh and i had unchecked the elect, I had checked elective mode for them because I thought they might want to, you know, tinker around and build their characters. And I immediately realized, oh, that's kind of probably a mistake for some of these guys. Because uh, right. I think Blizzard did make the right call in terms of 
a, a hugely popular, commercially successful game like this finding its way into the hands of people who may not understand the finer nuances of building up and spending your hatred and, and rage. And let's be realistic. Uh, there's six buttons on this. So what uh, what else has six buttons that you could think of? That <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it's almost, <laughs> I'm almost willing to say, McMaster, that it's console-friendly. Mm. That's a good <laughs> word for it, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I would say seven buttons because I do find myself hitting that potion. Oh, sure. Yeah, you need potion. You also need uh, shift. You know, you can uh, bind yes. that to a trigger, of course. But like that, That's the thing you mentioned about, so the zombie dogs being on one, not for me. You know, I've changed that. As a matter of fact, no, oh, yeah. it's on yeah. one. One is, uh, is yes. Two is no. Like, I've put the little voice commands on the number keys, and I've scooted down the binding to QWER, and forget that shift key, because that was cramping up my pinky. Uh, to stand still, I'm using the space bar. So I just thumb oh, okay. the space bar, and I'm tapping QWER for, for my skills. Um, oh, but, space bar is actually a pretty good idea. Um, I use that a lot in League of Legends, etc., to snap back to my character or whatever. It also does that in most RTSs, I guess. Uh, right. select, selected unit, so yeah, that's, yep. that's, a, good, that's a good idea. Yeah. So there you go, there's a, there's a little power tip for you. Uh, I right, have so a Nostromo, yes. though. You have a what? Nostromo. What's that? That's the, I know what that is. That's the that's the ship in Alien. Is it? I have no idea. Uh, it, actually, it's a it's a novel by uh, Joseph Conrad, but it's also the ship in Alien. I'm assuming you're talking about something different. What's a Nostromo? Right. It's like a, a Razor weird like secondary gamepad thing. It's like yeah. left left hand pad. You freak! What is that? <laughs> oh, I know. Like I, I never thought I'd like it, and I tried a friend's when I was playing uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, and it, it's kind of weird. It, it puts like a thumbstick there, and like all the shift button next to your thumb, as well as other programmable buttons. And so it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time reprogramming my Nostromo now that I know I can specialize all that stuff because that'll be super awesome. And you are right, McMaster, to point out, you know, just six buttons. Like, it's so – I was going oh, through the little the little keyboard binding thing, and I was like, this list is awfully short. You know, this, Oh, yeah. This game can't be very good if those are the only keys you need. <laughs> uh, and little did I know. Uh, but it's just great. It, yeah, like, I, I like how it just – you know what? You pick your six skills, and that's your build right there. Uh, but, you know, let's let's save that for maybe later weeks, later – I mean, there's – We'll be playing Diablo 3 for plenty of time to come. Uh, So that's the big news of the week. Diablo 3 is out. Uh, So, uh, McMaster, let's go to your news of the week. What have you chosen for your news story of the week? Uh, My news story of the week is Mm -hmm. that uh, the real money auction house for Diablo 3 did not launch with Diablo 3. Ah, what's up with that? I don't know. They say it should be out within a week, so we should be seeing it on the 22nd, possibly. So, McMaster, why are you paying attention to that? Are you queuing up your wallet to uh, pour some money and some real-world money into the auction house? Well, I've got a lot of free time, so I'm kind of thinking if I find some awesome items, I might try to sell them on the real money auction house. Now, surely that's not going to work. Surely they're going to open the real money transactions on the auction house, and they will be greeted with the sound of crickets because nobody wants to use that. Don't you think? Uh, well, you mean, uh, yeah, no. I, I think uh, I think I learned years ago when uh, some of my friends used uh, eBay to purchase items for Diablo 2 that uh, that there was nothing money would not buy in a video game and nothing was going to stop it. 
Well, I will say that uh, the situation reminds me a bit of the argument about legalizing drugs. So sure. you're never going to get rid of uh, of drug use. So uh, part of as a as a liberal, I feel that drugs should probably be legalized and regulated by the government. If you can't sure. if you can't beat them, regulate and tax them. Is sure. how, how the thinking goes, and that's kind of Blizzard's approach to using real world money in the auction house, I guess. Uh, you know what? If people are going to do this anyway, let's regulate it. Let's get our cut, and it's going to happen. So why bother trying to stop it? Yeah, it's uh, they take a hefty bite. You know, there's no doubt. I think it's something like thirty percent. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, it's a virtual you know piece of whatever. So who cares? Oh, you know. Okay, so let, let's talk briefly about the auction house because, and even aside from real world money. Uh, I am I'm, I'm about maybe 92% convinced that the auction house might, and I'm putting air quotes, you can't see because this is a podcast, but that the auction house might, air quote, break the game. Have, he, it's possible, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So now have you, have you looked at it much? Because I had sort of uh, applied a benign neglect to the auction house, for most of my playtime, I was like, yeah, that's there. I'm not going to use it. I don't really care about it. But now that I've started to use it, I really feel like it's undermining the crafting system and even the entire loot chase. Uh, and I say this sure. be- because, and I don't know if this will stabilize. I don't know if this is just a factor of the early days of the game. But the easiest thing for me to do at this point, as far far as equipping my character, is to go to the auction house, sort things by a low buyout price, and just see what legendary items people are throwing away. Uh, And and by doing that, McMaster, I can get something far better than I could get by waiting for a good drop, certainly by buying something from a merchant, and even better than I can by chasing the crafting system. So I, I sort of feel like now that I've realized I can do this and I've got great legendary equipment, uh, I'm ignoring everything that gets dropped by monsters. I'm just scooping up and selling. There's no point sure. breaking it down for essences. So I wonder if that's going to hurt the game in the long run, if maybe that'll stabilize once you're playing on harder difficulty levels and trying to get more advanced equipment. Well, uh, how how far have you got in the crafting? Because like, I, I don't know what's past like having to get a bunch of the recipes and stuff to put together and then pay for your next level. Well, so that's, yeah, like I've, I've maxed out the, the blacksmith for, like, the, they do a great thing with a normal playthrough, where right as you get to the end of a normal playthrough, you're starting to scratch the surface of these advanced, like, recipe systems, where you right. discover a recipe and you teach it to the blacksmith and in order to make it. As a matter of fact, I've only got one recipe at this point. Uh, and, and you know what, McMaster, that might be where they're getting around the, the sort of inflationary aspect of the auction house making equipment worthless. Because right. what, what I did was I found a recipe, and in order to make this item, and I have no idea why this item would be useful, because it's a white thing, it does like one to three points of damage, it has no special abilities, it's called something like a shepherd's staff. I don't, I have no, excuse me, I have no idea what it's supposed to do. But to make it, it costs a crazy amount of gold, and it requires four or maybe five items that are bound to your account. Uh, wow. And, and of these five items, I've only found one, something called Liquid Rainbow. My friend who I was playing with found a black mushroom. I don't. Have I got that. I got that. Sarah got and I both got, 
Uh, Sarah and I both found one at like at the same time. And our other friend, uh, Chris uh, was playing with us. He, uh, he didn't see it. So it was like, it was a calc mound. We were all playing together, just making new characters. So I threw it in my stash and, well, that's, okay. So that's what I'm wondering about. Is that's maybe where the value of items will be in these bound these these rare drops that require that are required for a crafting recipe that are bound to an account. Now, I could probably go onto a wiki and look this up. So I, I apologize that I'm speaking out of ignorance, and probably people listening know exactly what this is and exactly how it fits into the scheme of things. But I'm discovering that on my own. So you have a black mushroom, dead gummit. Yeah, see, I, I haven't looked stuff up yet either. I, I told myself I would play the game for a good bit before I went and, like, looked things up. Uh, because I know I'm going to have to. Because I know, of course, there's the screen that says there is no cow level. We all know that's just kind of a joke because there's not a cow level. I think it's, like, another animal this time. Well, um, but you know what, McMaster? Maybe that's what – because I found there was a merchant in the little desert town yep. that Works sells – Bell or whatever, the exactly. 100,000, yep. Yep, and I that, guarantee you that's what it is. Well, that's one of the ingredients for this shepherd staff. There so you go. I, I'm assuming you have to build the shepherd staff, and then that unlocks the cow level or sheep level or whatever it's going to be. But that also later down the road, uh, there will be more advanced recipes that are much more rare and will not find their way onto the auction houses easily and will presumably be a crucial part of kitting out your higher-level characters. I, I don't know. But at this point, on, my, on a playthrough to, to normal, which is basically levels 1 to 30, 32, whatever, uh, I just, just gear seems pointless when you can just buy it for dirt cheap on the auction house. Uh, sure, yeah. No, I'm like Right now, I'm trying to max out my stash and everything, so I'm saving all my money. Um, because, good Lord, is it expensive. <clears throat> but um, have you got another tab yet? I haven't. I've only – that's the thing, too, is I haven't oh. – I've I not been investing in that money sink of expanding the stash much. But that, that becomes crazy expensive. Yeah. Once you get to – the first tab's 100000 And I'm at, like – I have 70-some-odd right now. McMaster, you could have bought Wurtz Bell. Oh, I know. I mean, I still can. I, I haven't bought the tab yet. I'm just saying it, it prompts me for for it. I'll know I'll need it eventually because, like, the big thing I think you'll see is that gym crafting will be very popular. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, McMaster. In the previous Diablos, did gyms just go from chipped to flawed to perfect, or was there more? Do you know? Um, they went chipped, flawed. And then at least maybe regular, uh, and then flawless, and then I can't remember above that. Actually. So they, were, they got larger, I think, too. Like I think you could combine them to a certain point to get bigger and bigger gems, too. So it's okay, so, so maybe this isn't new, but if you go on the auction house now, you can see there's something like 10 tiers of jewels. Right. Uh, and maybe I just didn't play the previous Diablos enough to really see how high they went. But they're, you know, the jewels become a huge investment as well. Uh, and, and here's another thing, McMaster. So if you go in the auction house for equipment, you're limited by what people have posted, you know, what they found, and they're posting their sales on the auction house. If you go to the auction house for gems, it seems, and it, maybe I'm reading the screen incorrectly, that it's a sort of a, a market pricing situation where there's an unlimited supply of them but the price is based on something about how players are selling them or have found them but you don't see instances of a gem listed you just pick the type and quality of a gem and you're given a straight up price right and i'll tell you what it is because uh, i went to 
check it out to see what it was like, the selling would be like. Uh, I haven't actually sold anything, but I just played around with it. Um, and I threw some of my kajillion freaking subtle essences uh, on the auction house. And uh, what you do is you set the price you want to sell it at. Right. And so, like, it goes through and it tells you. Uh, what I'm thinking is it's just a filter that gives you the low price. Oh, because there's no point sorting a million gems that people have posted. Right, in little stacks. I think they right. may have tried to learn a lesson from World of Warcraft because that was basically all it was <laughs> on that damn auction house for crafting stuff. You know what? You're right, Matt. That's a good point because you, you're, you're obviously going to buy the cheapest thing that's immediately available. And yeah. I, I certainly remember trying to do the math of, okay, are 20 units at this price better than three units at this price? And they probably just streamline all that out. Okay. Right. I think that's what they did. It was just try to give it like a uh, like stock market almost kind of right. feeling of this is what it's trading at at current. Okay, well, McMaster, here's then uh, is something, and for folks listening, we're going to move on from Diablo 3 in a minute, but let, let me ask you about this, McMaster. Uh, I want to say two words to you. I want you to put those words together to form a new word, and I want you to tell me what you think about that word. You ready? Sure. Core and hard. Oh, hardcore mode, huh? Um, you know, I have not played it yet because I want to beat the game first, but mm -hmm. that is something I'm very uh, interested in doing. Now, there's a couple of things that interest me in it in specific, and I'll just segue from the auction house, because the auction house is one of those things. When you start a new character uh, in a normal mode, and I like that they do this, all the upgrades that you've applied to your blacksmith, your jeweler, uh, they're all there. You've got access to your stash and all the gold that you have earned yeah. with your other characters is available. So I started a, a barbarian, and I had 40,000 gold. and. Right. And that, and that so that gets to what I was talking about with the auction house, where with the forty thousand gold, there's really no point in me. You know, I can easily spend ten thousand of those and get a couple of great legendary items that people just tossed up on the auction house cheaply. Now, sure. that's that's my normal mode barbarian. If I go to hardcore mode, I do not get my stash. I do not get my other characters' gold. I do not get the upgrades to the blacksmith and the jeweler. I'm starting from ground zero. So if I want to avail myself of the stuff on the auction house, and hardcore mode has a separate auction house, by the way, uh, I have to earn that. Like, I have to work my way up from square one. So I wonder if maybe hardcore mode might address some of my concerns about the auction house. Uh, it absolutely does. Of course, there is a uh, there's a giant caveat to hardcore mode, too. What? I can't imagine what that would be. What? What's the, what's the danger? What's the risk? It's just a game. What's going to happen? No, it's just permadeath. <laughs> I was, uh, when I had folks over last night, so I've got a hardcore character. I just got her up to level 10 real quick for the achievement. And that's the other thing, by the way, that we'll, oh. we'll talk about those in a second. But that's the other thing that has me interested in hardcore mode is it has separate achievements. So I'd gotten oh. a, a hardcore character up to level 10 to just grab that achievement. And then when some folks were over last night, uh, I was just messing around with my hardcore character while they caught up to the level of my regular character so I could join them. And someone was watching me play my hardcore character. And when someone's watching me play a game, I get in more of a demo mode. Like, I want to show them stuff, and I'm not that concerned about doing well. I'm just explaining things. So I'm playing my hardcore character in my demo mode where I'm not really paying attention, and I so almost lost it. Like I oh, no. 
here's the thing is I had rebound my keys shortly beforehand. And so I'm just plinking around saying, yeah, this is a demon hunter and this is what she does. And, oh, look, here's these big charging beasts that are rushing at me, attacking me. Oh, geez, now the screen is turning red. I've got a couple pixels of health. Let me drink a potion. And again, I'm just sort of showing this off, and I'm tapping the potion button, and my screen is not unredding. You know, my orb is not oh, yeah. filling, and I, I, and I like broke out in a cold sweat. I sort of got tunnel vision. I was like, "What is happening? I must save my character," uh, and uh, realized I'd rebound the keys. But I came so <laughs> close, McMaster, to losing my hardcore mode character. Oh no! And I got, even though I was level ten. You know, once I pulled back from the situation, I was like, holy crap, I almost destroyed my entire evening. I would have been so bummed out if I had, <laughs> by, by such a stupid mistake, lost my hard, hardcore character. So, yeah, those, those stakes really add something that part of me is so attracted to and part of me is kind of dreading. Uh, just, you know, a hardcore oh, character sure. will die, you know. It's, uh, it's not a matter of, of if, but when. Um, so, uh, well, so I mean, that's kind of the genius of Diablo 2's design was you know having hardcore mode as well as the whole battle net ladder modes and all that it was just really uh really addictive. Yeah, really addictive. So uh, you are uh, you're you're saving yourself for hardcore mode later, right? Right. Yeah, I'll probably actually start one this weekend, but I I wanted to run through normal at least with one character, and though actually I'll probably end up running through it with two. It does have that weird thing where when your friends are playing, you need a different character for each level range that your various groups of friends yeah. are in. Uh, so that's that, that that can be difficult to advancement is rather than focusing oh, yeah. on one character. Yeah, it's like an MMO in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, fascinating things you can do with groups of characters. So. Yeah. All right, so uh, news of the week is the Real Money Auction House is not live. We are They do, I think, have a notice saying the 22nd. Is that right, McMaster? I believe it was something like the 22nd, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, so there you go. little Diablo talk. We can't very well avoid it. But let's now get into our games of the week. McMaster, why don't you start us off? What have you chosen as your game of the week for mid-May? What is this? May 18th, whatever today is. What do you got? Well, I know uh, there's a lot of other stuff that came out, but I've only pretty much played Diablo 3, so I, I have to pick Diablo 3. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I've certainly seen you online. I know you've uh, been making some progress there. Uh, so Diablo 3, your game of the week, not just because you've been playing it, you also really dig it, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, let's, um, let's, 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 oh, go ahead. I, I, I'm... Uh, honestly amazed because like I, I played through the beta with a couple of different characters and uh, it just there's something I don't know that I, I guess it was just missing I mean of course other than just the first bit of it but uh, it's just uh, it has the re it, it feels like Diablo and I guess the biggest part of it was that playing Starcraft 2 I mean sure it was Starcraft but it was mm -hmm. just Starcraft you know it, like they didn't really do anything with it Whereas Diablo 3, I feel like they actually made a real effort. You know, I mean, it's not that I don't think they made an effort with StarCraft 2. It's just that it seemed like such a rehash. It was kind of a big disappointment, at least to me. Um, well, but Diablo 3, I mean, just really did a bang-up job. Right. I, I do want to say StarCraft 2, though, is... Um Say what you will about StarCraft Two. It, it it adheres to the tenets of like real time strategy games for the most part. Like they're not revising anything. It's just a good solid RTS that in many ways is a throwback to the ways RTSs used to be. Oh uh, sure. 
And I feel like Diablo 3, they made some really bold choices that were kind of instrumental to me not caring about the beta. You know, you and I, we, we fiddled with the beta. And, and here's what I think is missing in the beta, and that is the actual game. <laughs> because yeah. when the, that level 1 to 10 stretch, and that's pretty much all you got out of the beta. I think you could maybe hit 15 or something. But those first few levels, considering the way that you're building a character and the choices that you make with your character, it's completely different than Diablo 2. And I don't think you can appreciate that until you're really around level 20. Uh, so, so I think anybody stuck playing that early part of Diablo 3 who really liked Diablo 2, I can completely understand them turning up their nose saying, I don't want any part of this, because I was one of those guys. Uh, so uh, l- let's talk a bit about this leveling. McMaster, how would you describe it, and how is it working for you? Well, you know, here's the funny thing about it, is I think, honestly, that the Diablo 2 system is still there. It's just been realigned because if you look at it the runes are kind of your specializations and in the diablo games of course you had to put points into those specializations and you had to max them out to get the full effect mm-hmm. but if you think of those runes as those effects in full like without having to put five points in them because you get maybe one every five to ten levels unlocks per your abilities and um they uh they kind of act like that skill tree. Uh, they let you right. modify all of your uh, existing skills. So I think it's still there. I think it's just not as much busy work. Well, you use the word busy work, and I would normally think, no, it's not busy work. It's player agency, which is this whole idea in video game design that let the player feel like he's doing things and he's affecting right. the outcome. He's he's changing the narrative or the story or he's, he's blazing his own path. That sense of player agency, which is huge in Diablo 2... You know, I pick this skill that I earned. You know, I'm spending right. this skill point. That's all gone from the, the the advancement system in Diablo 3. When I go from level 2 to 3 and 3 to 4 and 4 to 5, I don't get any choices. Points right. are spent on my attributes. I'm not spending any of those points. I'm not picking any skills. So as far as player agency in a, in a character build goes, in, in the sense of advancing through the game, that is gone out the window. And... That was something that I really didn't want to let go of. Uh, sure. But I, I feel that it, it it works in that they then let you, sl- the, the way you're slotting skills. Even though that as I go up a level, they're deciding what new things I get, I still get to play with all those things and mess around with them. And I still get plenty of sense of player agency once I've got enough of those to really make character builds. And I, I just right. don't think that really happens until you get around level 15 or 20. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that was probably is what I kind of didn't get from the beta is like at that point, you don't get to unlock more than what, three or four of your skills. Right. And that's a left click, a right click and one and two. (laughs) Right. You know, so it's like that's kind of dull. Uh, And it just, I don't know, if the full game comes out, you have access to everything, of course, and then God, the achievements. Oh, Lord, the achievements. And um it just, uh, yeah, it, it totally fits. And another thing about Blizzard is, like, uh, say in contrast to Bioware, mm-hmm. where, you know, the whole thing with Mass Effect was the players feel like that they deserve to get something out of the story, et cetera, et cetera, because they put so much time into it. Mm-hmm. Um Blizzard never takes that effect. Basically, a Blizzard game is always like a spectacle. You know, like Diablo 2 was a complete spectacle. I love the, the cinematics in Diablo 2. I love where they took the story. 
I just think that's fantastic. And they, and I can say the same thing of Diablo three from everything I've seen so far. So it's like that. I really like the Diablo universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, uh, any, any fan of Diablo 2 will probably really like this game as well. Well, so here, McMaster, is where you and I are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, because I could not care less about the story. I wish Leia would just, sh- or Leah, whatever her name is, I just <laughs> want her to shut up. Quit talking to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have to say. Uh, when asterisks show up over people's heads in town, I just want those asterisks to go away. So I uh, click on them and I hit. I have them talk and immediately hit escape. Uh, you, you have the disease I have. I I can't handle like notation on something in a game. That means I have to go clear it because it looks different and it makes me mad. Yeah, it's. So uh, I have to do that. So the asterisk, yeah. And, and here's the thing: I don't really care about the side stories. I don't care about all that. I just kind of like the way they tell. The Diablo stories, like I loved the Wanderer in Diablo too. I liked all the cinematics, and, and I've I've liked the cinematics in this game too. I mean, I like Terry. You know, who who can't like many of these characters? They're they're well, pretty. You know yeah, you, you can't you, you can't see me, Master, but I'm raising my hand <laughs> uh, because I am perfectly capable of not liking them. <sighs> Here here's my deal, Master. Is yeah, they're good cinematics, but they have nothing to do with the experience that I have when I'm in the game. I don't know who these characters are. I don't care. I don't think Blizzard's very good at telling stories. Uh, I think this is the same story they've told over and over again. It's just oh, sure. Prince, it's Prince Arthur's Kerrigan, you know. And I don't want to spoil anything, but and then, uh, but I I just. And the cinematics look good from a technical standpoint, but from a storytelling standpoint, none of this matters to the game that I'm playing. You know, my whole bag is I care about gameplay, I care about narrative, but I more importantly care about the two of them working together. And gameplay is fantastic in Diablo 2. Narrative's pretty much non-existence because the narrative is the gameplay. The only narrative I care about in Diablo 2 is what level is my character, what scale am I getting next, what equipment did I just find. That's the narrative. So all this stuff about, you know, I don't know Tyrael from Uthriel from Leah. From, I, don't, I, I don't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't matter one whit to me. So when you show me a big fancy cinematic that looks expensive and runs fluidly and, boy, her skin sure does look cool in a weird rubbery uncanny valley way but i just can't i i I seriously just i can't i don't care about the cinematics and i know that 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 sort of bucks the traditional the conventional wisdom because people love their blizzard cinematics um but yeah it just does nothing for me well no i I guess really uh, it's not that i'm like invested in the story as much as i like it sets kind of a uh like a theme it sets a uh I mean, it, it sets a mood for the game. That's well, it is a I mean. world building. I mean, you said you like the Diablo world, and there's definitely a world there. But I, I feel like playing Diablo 2 has almost nothing to do with that world. Uh, no, no, it really doesn't. I know. I, I don't understand that. Like, I really like all the stuff they've done with it, but it's not fleshed out like Warcraft at all or anything. They, they don't really have much of a history there. It's just kind of like a bunch of different cool-sounding things put together. Yeah, and there's a there is a cutscene later in the game where uh, I 
don't know anybody's name and I don't really care, but where somebody's marching to war and there's all these armies of demons and, and a big, huge demon rises up out of the ground. And that cutscene for the spectacle of it is fantastic, even yeah. though I know I will never see anything like that in the game. But watching that is cool. But then a lot of the other earlier cutscenes are, you know, somebody crying over a funeral that I won't mention because maybe it's a spoiler for people. I don't care about that or, or somebody or two angels talking to each other. I don't know who they are. I don't know what their fight, their beef is. I don't care about any of that. But if they just wanted to show me cool armies, that would be one thing. But they don't. They just show, okay, here's two characters having a fight scene. Here's somebody crying. Here's a prophecy. Uh, uh, whatever. But you know what, McMaster? I, I, I bet most people listening are thinking, boy, Tom Chick sure is a stick in the mud. And Jason McMaster, he's right. That's cool, uh, cool cinematics. So Most people think that. It's all right. <laughs> so, all right. Point, point to you, McMaster. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so your game of the week, Diablo three. No one can blame you. Uh, yes. So you know, I don't. Max Payne three is out this week. You didn't pick that. You uh, you you didn't pick Starhawk. You didn't pick uh, other things that, that you could be playing. No, so. I do. Uh, I am interested in Starhawk, but uh, no, I did not pick it. I, I have not played it yet. Well, you know what? They have much Diablo. I understand. Let's then transition to my game of the week because it might be of interest to folks. So, uh, yeah, I've played a fair bit of Starhawk. I'm not that impressed with it. Fair bit of Max Payne 3 and Jerry's still out, whatever. Uh, and uh, Dragon's Dogma arrived. Uh, you know, I love this iPhone game. There's a, a sequel to a tower defense game on the iPhone called Dun- or no, uh, Defender Chronicles. The sequel to that out that I'm playing. Uh, but of all the things that I'm playing this week, the thing that I've picked for my game of the week... It's Diablo three. Oh, there you have it. Can't really help it. I know. And it's, it's yeah, twelve. What, what? How long has it been since Diablo two? I mean, really, was it been thirteen, fourteen years? I think more like twenty. 20. Is it? <laughs> it has not been. Has it really been thirteen years since Diablo two? That can't be right, McMaster. It's something crazy. It, it, it's it's intense. Uh, I've let's put it to you this way. I've known Deckard Kane longer than I've known my wife. <laughs> And I've been married for almost nine years now. I guess I have stayed a while, and I listened. <laughs> well, I will say so. Um, let's talk a bit about the launch of Diablo three. So Monday night at midnight, and as a guy who was unimpressed by the beta and was like, I don't care about Diablo three, whatever. Uh, I was trying to play it cool, but it's it's just the you know Diablo three is such a water cooler game you want to talk about it with your friends you hear about it here and there and you just you want to be there early on so naturally okay fine Monday at midnight it comes out I'm gonna play it a buddy of mine who's also into it he comes over we're gonna log on right at midnight and start playing and if you followed any of the stuff about the Diablo launch you know that it did, it did not work that way <laughs> but it, at one point while we're just hammering away on the servers trying to get in I just alt tabbed over and I booted up Diablo two. Uh, because I did, I'd installed it shortly after the beta, and I'd spent a little bit of time with it. But just booting, just all tabbing over, booting up Diablo 2, hearing the music start, that was great. But just those graphics, that 800 by 600. Oh. And I don't want to be a graphics whore, but oh, that is just so hard to take. Uh, however, playing Diablo 3, you realize that this is what Diablo 2 looks like in your memory. Because, yeah. you know, your, your memory has is your memory is high res. It's high res as you can see. But, you know, trying to hammer my way into the Diablo 3 servers at midnight on Monday and then going over to Diablo 2, I realized this is not going to work anymore. <laughs> I just, I cannot do this. I've got to see what, you know, I've got to be playing the later tech Diablo. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. 
Uh, you know, I, the thing with that, too, is, like, they've updated Diablo 2. Like, in fact, the last patch came out October 27th of 2011. Uh, they, they've they worked on it for, uh, and the game came out June 29th, 2000, by the way. But they've worked on it for, since then, uh, pretty nonstop. And uh, you would think at some point someone would have gone, can we throw them 1280 by 720? <laughs> <laughs> Can, can we do a little something? I mean, if you guys are, like, patch 1.10, uh, like, rewrote a large portion of the way the game wrote, you couldn't have done a little bit of something? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's an engine thing, I imagine. I mean, that would just probably. require an overhaul, and they, you know, Blizzard works slowly, and they probably were like, well, we're doing Diablo 3, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll focus it there. Uh, we'll get to it. So what was your launch like? Like, I had a terrible time that first night, that first day. The servers were down. I couldn't get in. Uh, what, what was it like for you? The or Did you have any of those launch pains? Did you experience any of that? Yeah, oddly enough, no. I ended up uh, going out of town briefly, and I was really tired. So I actually kind of slept through the launch, uh, the, the you know, midnight uh, Pacific. And uh, we got up the next morning uh, to come back home, and I logged on. It let me in just fine. It was like 6 a.m. Central. And uh, I made a couple of characters and just, like, looked around for a few minutes while Sarah got ready. And uh, then, like, we came home, and it was down for a little bit. And then it came back up, and it's been kind of fine for the most part when I've tried to play. I've been, as a guy, I was so prepared to just be angry and write an angry screed and, and maybe dismiss the game. I mean, it wouldn't have happened, but I, I was so just soured on all the online only stuff yeah. on that first day. But since then, it's it's been stable. It's They've been good about notifying you of server outages when they're having to, to shut down. Uh I have one computer here at the house that keeps disconnecting, but I imagine it has more to do with the computer than the servers. Yeah, probably. Uh, but for the most part, as as worried as I was about the online only aspects interfering with the experience, you know, we've only we're we're not even a week into it. But I've been very happy with just the stability overall, considering how bad it sure. was at, at the, in that first night. Um, but now, how do you feel, McMaster, about the online only as a kind of a DRM issue? Like, do you feel here? Here, let me put it this way to you: Do you feel Diablo three benefits from being a game that you can only play online? There is ups and downs. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of depends on how you look at it. Now, of course, when the game is down, if they had an offline mode, that would be fantastic. I don't kind of don't understand why they wouldn't do that, at least like a limited mode. Mm -hmm. uh, but that said, uh, my friend uh, Chris DeVille and I have been playing a ton of Diablo, and he's a guy I played Diablo 2 with for a long time, and he pointed something out to me, which makes a lot of sense, and that is he pretty much only played Diablo 2 on Battle.net. I pretty much only played Diablo 2 on Battle.net after a certain amount of time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably be doing it anyway. I just think it's kind of a weird choice to not have a local because not everybody's like us. Right. Now you no. say it's kind of a weird choice, but I I would argue that it, it's a it, it's not a weird choice. It's actually it makes business sense. It's a DRM choice. Is they want to make sure they're getting paid for for every copy oh, of Diablo yeah. three that's being played. And that this guff about you know we're enhancing the player experience or we want to you know we want to make sure that it's secure that people aren't hacking their characters, all that stuff 
that's bull. I don't buy any of that. If I want to hack my copy of Diablo 2, I can do that. That's fine. I can use a trainer. I can do items. All that is my business if I'm going to do that locally. Uh, and I feel that that's the most consumer-friendly approach to take with a game, and that's not what they're doing with Diablo 3. Now, from a business perspective, I understand. That's fine. They want to get paid. They, this is the best way to deal with piracy. But it's uh, I'm... I really wish that there was an offline mode. I really wish that I could just have a land game with my buddies. Uh, I, I wish, agree. I wish I didn't need six copies of it. You, you know that there was a time that 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 Blizzard used to be one of the most friendly. Oh, uh, they were cool, man. You could just like spawn. That was what they yeah. call it. Yeah, spawning a copy. Yeah, just like yeah, one person has it. You can spawn like several copies. Everybody can play multiplayer. Yeah, they were always cool about that. And those were the days. I mean, I feel like those days are gone. Well, they're gone. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in a way I understand, in a way I still take exception with it, but, uh, you know, I, I guess I feel like at least, at least Blizzard knows enough about online architecture, uh, yeah. to, to sort of like, I trust that the issues they were having with launch aren't going to be a, 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 a recurring no. problem down the road. Uh, I have, I have been super pleased with yeah. how good it's been the last few days because I've played a lot and there's only been maybe like a little bit of an outage in that well, time, so... Let's talk a bit about something that we do get from being online. Uh, I know that, uh, McMaster, like me, you're a big fan of your gamer score on Xbox Live. Oh, yes. We now have a little analog to that with Diablo 3. That is the achievements. Everybody has a Diablo 3 gamer score, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, McMaster, you've made a couple of comments on this podcast to the effect of uh, achievements. No, no, that means uh, that I'm... I, okay, like if there were, if there was a new version of AA and it was achievements anonymous, I might possibly be able to uh, go to that because it's just like something I get obsessive over. No, no, we. I think you made yourself perfectly clear, and I feel the same way. <laughs> and, oh, I, yeah. and and here's so here's what I like. If I'm going to be as obsessed with achievements as I am, I want to shove them under other people's nose. So and, what happens? And it and that, does. It does. <laughs> when you're on my friends list, and when I get an achievement, you get a little box. I think is that what they call the toast? Like I noticed, there's a. It might uh, be. I don't know what the hell that thing is, but yeah, I've I've saw that too. I was like, what the hell is a toast? Yeah, and, and I think that is when a little window opens to notify you when a friend gets an achievement. And at uh, first, I was at first I was kind of annoyed by that. And I was like, you know, what what do I care if Denny Atkins just killed twenty orcs? You know what? I'd get that away. But the more I, but then what I realize is that now when I'm getting an achievement, he's also getting that notification. So it's only fair. So I I kind of like that. I like that my achievements are being broadcast to people. Uh, I like when I'll see an achievement now. I'll be curious what it is. Uh, right. So I just hit the Y key, and you can look at the last few achievements you got, and a tooltip tells you, you know, all about it. What sucks, though, is there's some uh, what people in the business might refer to as wicked spoilers in those achievements. So, like, when you first start playing the game, if people are, like, ahead of you, you get to see, like, like it's not like it says, hey, you just beat this guy. You had no ideas in the game. But they're all, like, puns. You know, the Blizzard loves their pun achievements. I didn't even think about that. So the, it isn't like a secret achievement. You must unlock it to see more. Everything right. is visible, I see. Right, yeah. So I don't know how bad of a spoiler it would be. Well, as a guy yeah. who doesn't care about spoilers, it didn't even occur to me. But you have a point, McMaster. Yeah, yeah I mean, the first time, the first one that was spoiled for me was the end of the first Axe boss because of the name of the achievement. God, I don't even know who that is. Uh, what letter does it begin with? A B. 
I was just a butcher for Christ's sakes. It's, oh, it's oh. the end of the first act. Okay. Right. And and it's not like people aren't going to get there. Right. <laughs> and everybody knows the butcher from Diablo 2, right? Yeah. Right. He's like, because right. he would drop that cleaver and yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, um, I did find, and I, you know, I thought this was going to be like part of the getting to whatever the hell animal level it is, but I guess not. My favorite item I found so far is Wirt's original leg. Uh, are you familiar with all the Wurtz stuff in Diablo? Well, yeah, but what, where did you find a Wurtz le- original leg? It's 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 like a leg bone. It's not like a fake leg. It's like his actual. Oh, leg. nice! That's awesome. Where did you get yeah. this, McMaster? I want one. I just found it on the ground somewhere, and like, I, it's not like a special awesome item, but I I can't get rid of it. I've had it in my stash since, like, the first night. I played Diablo, I found it, and I was like, oh, yeah, Wurtz original leg. It's like, there are so many Wurtz items in Blizzard's games. Like Now, uh, Wurtz was like a little orphan, right? And Tristan right. wasn't a little legless or one-legged orphan? Yeah, he, he, he lost his leg, uh, and then he got killed, I think, in Diablo 2. And then you used his peg leg to, uh, yeah, get to the cow level. So you've got Wurt's original leg. That <laughs> I'll bet that'll go for a pretty penny on the auction house, McMaster. I don't know. I'm actually going to look for it and see if like uh, there's a ton of those out there. But it just like it really killed me when I saw that. So I, I had to keep it. But uh, yeah. No. Well, that's so. So have you? So you have then looked through the achievements. You, you, you're not like I'm yeah. not going to look through that. Okay. So you you know what you're in for, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I'm already. Like, I would say probably a third of the way. Oh, no, no, no. McMaster, no. I don't mean story-wise. I mean you know what you're in for in terms of you, Jason T. McMaster, are going to be replaying the butcher yes. several oh, yeah, times to try to get the achievement for not getting burned, for instance. Like, you've, you've, you're like me. You look at that achievement yeah. list, and you're like, oh, rats. So now I'm going to have to do this over and over again to try to get this achievement, and I'm going to have to accumulate this many of these, and I'm going to have to drop the chandelier on the dudes in the cathedral. Like, you know what you're in for in terms of chasing achievements. Right, and it's like, you know, I had a big problem with it with World of Warcraft because I, oh, God. Uh, oh, it doesn't even occur to me. They had, like, that's how achievement uh-huh. works in WoW. That's, oh, yeah, Tom. Don't, uh-huh. don't ever get sucked into the World of Warcraft achievements because they're they're cruel. Maybe, like, Pastor, maybe I should just boot it up and take a look at it real quick. Yeah, yeah, good luck, yeah. I, a lot of people have lost their lives. And it just makes <laughs> yeah, I'll try this crap out. Oh God! You know, and like five years later, but uh, yeah. frame of reference to StarCraft Two. I mean, it wasn't nearly as bad because StarCraft Two isn't quite as grinding experience as, as WoW and, and Diablo can but, be. But uh, like, yeah, WoW had great achievements, and that's what I'm expecting, hopefully, from Diablo as well. But like, yeah, World of Warcraft would have like these awesome achievements. They'd have like really crazy ones, like uh, you know, certain falling certain distances, and they had all sorts of, like, you know, I don't know, punny ones and, like, weird secret ones and stuff. So it's, like, it was really cool, and, like, you would only be able to get certain achievements during certain events, and then they were called feats of strength because no one else can get them, et cetera. So. Oh, that's why the beta banner is under feats yeah. of strength in, in Diablo 3. I see. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's... Uh, Feats of Strength is uh, that, and uh, Feats of Strength uh, stuff like... Uh, I think if you played during their beta weekend, and I don't think they told us about this, Tom, so it's not very fair, uh, because they needed to call you and I specifically, um, <laughs> was that uh, you would have gotten a feat of strength for getting to the highest level you could on that weekend and stuff like that. And if we'd known that, I have a feeling I might have done that. 
Well, now, McMaster, when I go to feats of strength under my achievement list, there's only one thing there, and it's for participating in the beta, and I've got it. Are you saying that there are things in that category that I can't see that I'll never get? For instance, I have one that you don't have. It's called Collector's Edition. All right, hold on. Let me. I'm. I'm going to write an angry letter. Let me make a list here. Write angry letter to Blizzard. All right, good. I got that set. Uh, I did not realize that because I saw one thing under there, and I was like, "Oh, that's a stupid category." There's only one thing. That's all it took to get it. I finished that category. Uh, let me uh, let me tell you about the insidiousness of this. Yeah? In World of Warcraft, they add feats of strength all the time by having events, and I have kind of an idea that Diablo will probably start having events and weird stuff like that to keep people interested, because Diablo 2 completely changed over its lifetime. So, right, uh, right. If, anything, if they do anything like they did with their older games, then I think we'll start seeing feats of strength and stuff like that showing up uh, more and more. Okay, so here's what you get for your achievements. You get your Diablo gamer score, and uh, right. you know, I don't want to brag, mine's over 1,000 at this point. Uh, uh, mine's all- not. I think mine's like... 400, maybe? Yeah, no, yours is, yours is not over 1,000, McMaster. I can tell you so. <gasps> yeah. Uh, you also get a banner. So, McMaster, how do you feel about your banner? And, and tell us what you've constructed for your character. Um, I took, uh, for my witch doctor, I took the Grim Reaper. Now, you say, hold on, you say for your witch doctor? McMaster, uh, it's for Exactly. Yeah. This is an account-specific thing, which is a little weird, because like you, I was like, what banner would be best for this character? Right. And now my female barbarian is using it. Like, everybody's using my, my same banner. So, when we play with Jason T. McMaster and you hit the G key to drop a banner down for no good reason, what do we see? You would see a Grim Reaper with grasping arms, and uh, it's all green, and it has, like, hooked bone ends at the end of it. McMaster, that brings me right back to Molly Hatchet albums. That's like <laughs> the sort of thing I might see on an album cover. All right. Yeah, I've been kind of listening to a lot of metal lately, so that probably has something to do with it. Well, I don't know what this says about my musical taste, but if you're playing with me and I drop a banner, you're going to get a nice, tastefully symmetrical banner. It's black with sort of a gray outline, nothing too gaudy, and it's got a white rabbit on the front. Oh, is it uh, 10 feet tall? Very good, McMaster. Very good. (laughs) I do feel like, here's my statement, I feel like Diablo 3 is a a rabbit hole of sorts. And I am down in there, and that's that's the message I'm sending with my banner. It's a K-hole. It's a K-hole. A K-hole is a, oh, is it horse tranquilizers? I believe it's called ketamine. The K-hole's taking a bunch of those and going into, like, sort of a pseudo-coma. McMaster, you're way, you're way more streetwise than I am. I don't know about well, that stuff. Well, you know me. I saw Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no, it's not that that's in there, but that makes me streetwise. All right. Uh, so let's talk briefly about what classes we're playing. So, McMaster, you and I have is – is it your witch doctor, your – do you even refer to mains? Because I feel like there's five characters in this game, so at some point or another, I need to play all five of them. Uh, you know, I actually – I'm not really saying mains. I'll say that I've played the witch doctor the most so far, but that's not not by a lot, though. Like I, I've played a good bit of the monk at this point, too. So who are you leaning towards? Let's say, McMaster, that we're going to take away four of the classes. You can never play them again. Who who would you lean towards at this point? Uh, honestly, if I had to say which class I think is possibly the most powerful of the ones I've played, I would say Witch Doctor. Now, most powerful or the one you would ra- most want to play? Because I would say they're not necessarily the same thing. 
You know, it's kind of funny. It, it, it like it depends on my mood, but I would probably I would probably still stick with the witch doctor because like as much as I like melee and everything, in the end, I've I've always been like a, a pet summoner kind of person. And you get some crazy pet stuff going with the witch doctor. Oh yes, doctor. you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? Tell us about a build you've been using. Walk us through a typical. You, you're coming into uh, just a horde of just crazy things. What are you going to do? How are you going to approach this? All right. The first thing I would do is I would cast, um, what is it, Locust Swarm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that was one of your favorites, right? Oh, yeah. Love that skill. And then I would start throwing Haunt at people. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, you know, actually uh, a skill that I think is just uh, really outstanding is is Soul Harvest. Um, I like to try to hit that. You know, sometimes I may hit that first. But I always try to hit that early on, mm-hmm. which you know, uh, at, at this at the level I'm at now, I think it's something like 70 points of intelligence per up to five stacks. So 350 points of intelligence, which kind of translates directly into percentage of uh, damage. So yeah, I'm doing like a ton of damage with that, and that lasts for 30 seconds. And then I, you know, I start firing. Uh, I actually you do use poison dart a lot mm-hmm. uh, still with the splinter rune on it um, which is uh, multiple shots it splinters into three shots or something yeah that? yeah it does uh it does each shot does 60 percent weapon damage uh and then you do uh it does some poison damage as well so you get three shots it's you know 60 each is 180 percent instead of 140 for a singular one okay. and uh i found with uh having a decent weapon and doing the intelligence boost thing that you can kill just about anything really fast that way. Now, you, you mentioned these skills, but part of the beauty of Diablo 3 is that depending on which rune you tweak the skill with, right. uh, it affects dramatically how it plays. So I I want to talk about briefly one of the builds that I stumbled upon, and, and I'm sure it's like a no-brainer. Anybody could figure this out with the Witch Doctor, which is some of those toys you're talking about, but used slightly differently. So. Right. Uh, the the soul harvest you can tweak it to where uh, you know it it, it it affects an area around you and the number of dudes in the area around you like you said it increases your your witch doctor's intelligence and therefore the damage he does so early on you run in with a soul harvest uh, and you can tweak that to replenish your mana. Right. Uh, so one of the things I've been doing with my witch doctor is I start off with haunt, which is that thing you were talking about. Oh, it, yeah. it costs a lot of mana, and it causes a red squir- swirl around someone. And then when that person dies, it jumps to another one. And so before a battle, I get soul harvest or I get haunt, and everything that's haunted, I put the rune to where that's healing me. So right. I just right click to to drop haunts everywhere. You could put them all on one guy. That's uh, why it's red. Oh, blood, right. Well, you know, and I love how they... It changes the look, yeah, it's pretty Yeah, they do a good job of giving you visual feedback for what you're doing. I love that. So So, I drop a bunch of haunts everywhere to heal myself up, and I, I expend all of my mana doing that. Then I basically run forward and use that uh, soul harvest with a rune that replenishes my mana so that I've got that back. And then I use the mana on, I don't know, but but I've got that to then use another skill. Well, I can then use spirit walk, I think it's called, to get out of the danger I just got in and hang back and shoot poison darts. And that has, and that even that is besides pets. Like any pets that you add to that build are just gravy. Uh, So I I love how these these tactics, these sort of tactics that, that feed into each other, 
other, they complement one another, uh, emerge over time. And that's not something you would ever appreciate about a witch doctor, even in the first 20 levels. Like, that's a level 30 witch doctor kind of thing. And at that point, oh, you're only absolutely. halfway to the level limit. Yeah. So you pick a witch doctor, McMaster. I've seen a lot of witch doctors online. A lot of my friends are like, oh, I want to play a witch doctor. I think the witch doctors, they're like... Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty advanced almost, I would say, in a way. We say they're advanced, but anybody can just, you know, spam spiders sure. and, and toads and, and zombie dogs and gargantuan zombie. and. But uh, I think once you get to a higher level, like, I'm getting to a point now where it's not so easy. Like, I will say the first 15 to 20 levels of the Witch Doctor, uh, I died one time. And that was because I accidentally hit the map before my potion. And uh, <laughs> that was the first potion I had to use at level 15. I, I would say that, Master, that's probably the case for a lot of the classes. Like, I don't think Diablo is really going to kill you that much on your first on, on the playthrough on normal. Wizard is pretty rough right now. I've heard from a lot of people. Ah, uh, you know, so that's the one I know the least uh, is the, the Wizard. My so, uh, my friend started playing one of those immediately, and it's like I would be doing fine. And he's played a lot more Diablo two than I have. Uh, I'd be doing fine, and he would just drop instantly. I have no idea. Like he just had no survivability. And his skills really didn't do that much damage. So. Well, the, the wizard is a glass cannon. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But he just had nothing. I, I don't understand it. He was just dead. Well, here the the one that I've played. I've played the witch doctor the most, but the one that I started and that I think I'm I hated at first, but now I think I'm coming around on, and I might even prefer to the witch doctor. It, well, here's the answer to what character I like the most, and it's the one I played last. Generally, like whatever I played yeah. last, I'm convinced is the best character. So the one I've played last and that I'm currently uh, really sweet on is the barbarian. Uh, and the barbarian at first, I was like, oh, this is so boring. Who cares? Whack, 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 kill things. Uh, but one of the things that I'm really appreciating about the barbarian is the variety of kind of death animations and the way that things get killed. Uh, like if you slice something up, it's super bloody. If you just pound something with a hammer, there's great ragdoll yeah. effect kind of things. So I really appreciate that Blizzard gives you, you know, we talk about that visual feedback with the color of the haunt. There's some of the same thing with the death animations you get from the, uh, the, the barbarian. Uh, so one of the things that I have discovered with the barbarian now that she's uh, level, I'm, I'm in the 20s, I think. Uh, also, another thing I love, the, the female barbarian, real beefy looking. She's not one of these yeah. stupid little wafy. She's not a Victoria's Secret model. Like, no. she, she works out. She works out, and she's well-fed. Well, I love for, her. For um, fans of Game of Thrones, the TV show, she's like the, the girl that was guarding Renly or whatever, like his sworn knight. She's real reminiscent of that, like that body style. I don't know who that is, but I agree. <laughs> You've watched that show, haven't you? Not season two. I've not seen. Oh, yeah, uh, but so I, I love the visual look of her. Uh, mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've really appreciated as I'm playing is, uh, and especially with elective mode where I can queue up the skills however I want, is I can have I can have in the same build one way to deal with a big individual character and another way to deal with masses of characters because the whole barbarian the barbarian isn't ranged. The point is you get in there and you fight. So. Oh, yeah. What, I, what I've done is I've got this setup where I've got my one super attack, and I don't want to do any knockback because the last thing I want to do is push things away. I want, I want lots of things near me, and those are different ways you can do builds. You can push things back so you can concentrate on a couple at a time, or you can get as many things in around you as you want and do the little whirlwind or whatever or a, a slice that does multiple bit damage to multiple units. You can work on uh, bleeding damage over time. So I, I've got... 
a setup with the six keys I'm using that's really situational. You know, am I wanting to just damage one thing? Am I wanting to damage multiple things? So I'm really appreciating some of the variety that eventually folds into the barbarian and just how gratifying it is. You know, you can fry something or watch it get killed by your pets or whatever. That's no big deal. But to actually physically kill something to death with a sword that's right there in front of you, uh, you know, that's just there's an undeniable appeal to that. And I really appreciate how Blizzard puts that into the barbarian you uh you would probably like monk then too monk's all physical so um, i've seen a lot of i've, I've played with a, a lot of monks and i see them dancing around and doing their little blinky stuff and they're they're very flighty i'll say that about them <laughs> okay. well, but, sure. but my best experience with the, with my barbarian though and partly where i'm sold on it and where uh i want to talk briefly about playing diablo solo versus multiplayer is i was playing my barbarian with a friend the guy who was with me on on midnight and who was helping me pound on the servers when they wouldn't let us in uh he had a wizard so we had this wizard barbarian combo uh and you know uh, you can play multiplayer diablo 3 by just having everyone do their own thing and killing things as best as they can but where the game gets really rich and where it starts to be more demanding when you've gone through normal and you're on nightmare mode is on the interplay of skills and we hit on something uh that i guess you just get you can't get this in solo diablo 3 and that is the wizard has this blue bubble that he creates that slows time for monsters in that bubble so uh, yeah. so he's going along, and I'm protecting him. He's, he's a glass cannon, like we observed. Wizards are frail. He would pop up this blue bubble, and I would stay in there with him to protect him. And it gives me, the fact that things are slower just gives me that much more time to decide how to attack things and to enjoy the animations of those things dying. It was this great little like bullet time setup that we had going. And he certainly, he will freeze things, too. He'll freeze things, and that's when I bring out the hammer attacks and just smash them. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the slow time, I'm just doing slices. Uh, so I just love that interaction of the wizard as a support character and then me as the guy doing the actual killing, the actual executions. Uh, and and that's just Diablo 3 just became infinitely richer at that point, where it was me and my buddy pooling our skills. Absolutely, and that was yeah, that's part of the beauty of Diablo 2 as well. <clears throat> yeah, is yeah. that that it's a great game to play by yourself, but it just becomes so much better uh, co-op. I mean, and the fact that you know increases everything's uh, damage, et cetera, et cetera, and the health, and you know just doing those runs through the different modes, just uh, just a lot of fun. Now. I will say I loved the Barbarian and Diablo 2, and I'm actually kind of fond of this one too. I haven't played as much as you have, um, but what I'm worried about is uh, Diablo 2 had uh, kind of ruined the Barbarian by, uh, because in the final levels, especially in some of the harder difficulties, they were all using the ability Iron Maiden, which made you do like a ton of damage back to yourself based on how much damage you did to something. Mm-hmm. And as a Barbarian, you do a lot of damage. So uh, yeah, that kind of would murder you instantly. Oh, you end up killing yourself with your own right. with your own prowess, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just like it was just made hell uh, and Diablo two the, the worst, which I guess it should be. But 
Well, you know, so that that's – in a way, McMaster, I feel like you and I have just scratched the surface in that, you know, neither of us has unlocked more than half of the stuff for any character. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, once you get to Nightmare, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, I've, I've played a little bit on Nightmare, and in the Cathedral, which you just breeze through on, on normal, we yeah. had these great encounters where we come through a door, there's a bunch of things, and the battle is not just us breaking things. Like, there's this sense of a battle line. Like, I've, I've been yeah. playing in Nightmare – where we get pushed back through that door. We're having to sort of fall back and support each other, and then we push forward. I mean, there's this it, – it's its a whole other sense of tactical interplay. And, uh, and and when something yellow comes up in nightmare mode, by golly, you better pay attention. Like now, you know, everything's oh, going to yeah. be different for a little bit. You've got to concentrate on this. You've got to worry about – it's like a little – it's a mini boss battle, which is what it should be. You know, uh, it's, it's funny. I keep running into things in the game too that I go like I look at it and I go, you know, I bet on a bigger or, or like or places I guess on the map I should say that I say on a harder difficulty I bet there's possibly a boss here because there you know looks like it's set up for something like that. Well, that, yep. Let, let's talk a bit about the maps. So you know how the events awesome. Awesome. Okay, so tell me about that. Like, how, how you you feel that the way they've built the world is awesome? You're digging that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like. And see, that's something that like I did like in the beta, but I hadn't seen the breadth of it until I started playing through. Uh, and you know, the first few days I played through Act One several times, like I said, and uh, and it's. It was different each time. Now, of course, there are set pieces that are always going to be there. You're always going to find Adria's cabin, and you're always going to find certain parts that you have to find. But each time I go through, I can run across different events, run through different dungeons, uh, which there are, of course, achievements tied to all of those. Um, and uh, it just kind of like changes the world as you go. It's, it's really, really, really cool. Now, and this is something where you mentioned that there were possible spoilers in the achievements story-wise, and I couldn't care less about this, but I did notice going through the achievements, it does spoil, if you want to call it that, all of the events you can see in any given level. There are definitely lists of events, and in a way, this is good, because you can tick off, oh, you know, I need to go through Fields of Misery, because I right. haven't seen that event yet. Uh, so, so I kind of feel like this is... Uh, you know, it, it feels like more limited content when you look at it that way. I would much rather think, hey, there's infinite events and they'll be adding new ones and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but looking right. at the achievements, it seems a little bit more modest than that. But I do love how it it makes those it makes me want to go back through certain areas a few times to make sure, hey, I got to see this event. You know, I haven't seen this one yet. I need to play through this and, and find it. Uh, I, I like that sense of. It's not really exploration so much as just an incentive to replay something you've already seen. Uh, right. No, I mean, and the thing about it is, too, that's that's really cool is, like, if they support it as well as I hope they do, which I think they would. I don't see why they wouldn't want to release, like, expansion packs, etc. cetera. Uh, then they can add achievements then. They can add, you know, right, if they do right. something like, you know, it almost feels like World of Warcrafty in the first place. And I'm not saying the graphics or anything, just the way that the whole uh, Battle.net system works with your characters feels like World of Warcraft. Uh, of course, it's going to because, they, I mean, that's what they do well uh, nowadays. Uh, but I can see them doing, you know, content patches. Sure. Possibly, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, just stuff like that, get people interested in the game or even, you know, hell, I'd pay a few bucks for a DLC kind of content patch, but I'd rather see expansions. Maybe we can have uh, in, in-game purchases. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 99 cents for a new event. Click here to buy it. Yeah, That's my favorite. Big auction, <laughs> auction off events. <laughs> but I do like I do like the fact that, you know, I know that every time I go through the fields of misery, for instance, that big chunk in the middle is going to have not something different, but it's going to be like, okay, what's here this time? Like, I've now seen all the events in the field of misery, but I like that sense of knowing, you know, right smack dab in the middle here, there's going to be something that was maybe wasn't here last time. Um, and don't forget the co-op achievements for the exact same. Oh, I know. You're right, McMaster. Oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. What, we, we haven't mentioned uh, the other games that came out this week. <laughs> what a terrible week to release a game, I would say. Yeah, I cannot believe. Well, okay. You know, Rockstar has some has some pretty strong pull, there's no doubt. So, okay. They probably should have like either done it earlier or later, but whatever. Uh, George R. Martin Game of Thrones RTS, bad week to release. Yeah, or whatever it was. I don't know if it was RTS and RPG, which whichever. It was just a bad week to release. Yeah, it was. It, I think it was an action RPG ish kind of thing. I, whatever it was. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what they were thinking. Well, I even kind of feel sorry, McMaster. There's a really, uh, there's a are they Swedes? I think there's a Swedish developer called Fat Shark, uh, and they did a, a Western themed third person shooter called Lead and Gold. Um, yeah, what else they done. They did a sort of a platformer with a whimsical Indiana Jones style. I can't remember the name, but they've got a, a an action RPG. It's party based. You play you play a character with three followers uh, called Crater, and I think it's sci fi themed. It's coming out next month, um, and it looks like you know it's very much randomized levels in a dungeon, uh, very Diablo esque. And yeah. part of me is like, why would you release that? You know, within a month of Diablo. Uh, Right, you know, Torchlight 2, I think, was probably hoping to get out before Diablo 3, but they're just going to have to wait a bit now. I mean, that is an excellent game from what I've played of their beta, but, but, yeah, it's, it can't, it can't pull me away from Diablo 3, and I doubt it would do much to anybody else right now. Do they have a release date, by the way, Torchlight 2? I don't think they've announced one, have they? No, I think it's just summer. Yeah, summer. So Uh, I imagine they'll wait until July or August, I'd hope. Right. Let everybody, like, uh... Let Diablo fever die down. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, what are you going to be playing the rest of this week? Probably Diablo. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I will be seeing you online. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like you and I have been playing in shifts. I don't think there's a point. <laughs> That's right. I, I clock in, you clock out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a point where quarter to three is not represented on Diablo's <laughs> servers. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll be trying to play through Nightmare this weekend. If you would like to join me, Mister Chick. Well, here's the thing, McMaster. I kind of feel like like Nightmare's really where it's at, and that I'm just kind of like. It's sort of how I feel about the first ten levels, is that that's just the game tax you pay to get to the actual character development where things are interesting. I'm kind of starting to feel that way now about normal mode. Now that I've seen a little of Nightmare, I'm like, okay, well, this is just what I want to play. And I'm almost worried, McMaster, I'm going to start feeling that way about Hardcore. Oh, sure. You know, the thing about Hardcore, though, it's just it, it puts that fear of God in you. you yeah. Know? I, I mean, that's like... God, can you imagine? Like, the first time I died with my witch doctor, I was level 16, like I said. I hadn't even had to use a potion yet, but I hit the wrong key and died. If I'd been in hardcore, I would have been pissed off. And it, 
And imagine once you get a hardcore character to nightmare mode. I mean, the thing about hardcore is that it's a different game. You play a whole different way. Uh, It's not at all the same game. I mean, it's It's, it's a dungeon crawl. It's not like some sort of wild shoot-em-up like Diablo 3. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's a way more cautious game. Um, So I I wonder if that's going to spoil. But, yes, I will definitely play Nightmare with you, and I just just don't know what to do about hardcore. I'm, I'm worried that it... You know, here's the thing. I my theory about hardcore is that I will think it's awesome until I lose my first hardcore character, and then forevermore I will be like fr hardcore. Forget that. <laughs> I'm not going to play that anymore. I hate it. I'm done with it. I mean, it's like it's it's much more. Uh, it's rougher than Demon Souls ever thought of being. Yeah, exactly. Demon <laughs> Souls didn't have permadeath. Uh, now they're they're leaderboards, right? On hardcore. I believe so. I, I actually don't really know. I haven't messed with it yet, but I, I know that there were leaderboards on Diablo 2's Battle.net stuff, like in ladders and everything. So, and is, is the idea that you enter a score when you die, or is it an ongoing thing where as long as you're alive, your level is entered? Like, how does it measure your progress? Huh. Yeah, I don't really know, actually. All right, well, well, you know what? I'm going to look into that because I will bet you dollars to donuts, McMaster. I'm higher on that leaderboard than you are. Well, yeah, I have <laughs> I have a hardcore character. I have uh, not uh, hit play on yet, but, but I do have one. I have a witch doctor because I figured lots of pets plus range damage can't go wrong in hardcore. Well, see, that's where I was thinking. You know, I've got a demon hunter in hardcore. You know, the classic standoff. Yeah. She doesn't have any pets to to cover her butt though, so you have a point there. She- I think she gets like a spider or something, doesn't she? I mean, like at some point, I think maybe. they. Get... Yeah, maybe I think you get a raven at one point. I think that thing's kind of useless. Uh, the spider, uh, I think, is a little bit better. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, she's just level ten right now, so I haven't done that yeah. much there. But uh, yeah, definitely. Like you, I don't think in hardcore you probably wouldn't want a barbarian, like someone who's like standing toe to toe. That that seems like the riskier hardcore character. It just seems like instant death. Oh, here you go, McMaster. A wizard in hardcore. How about that? (laughs) I may even try that just for chuckles. (laughs) See what kind of pain I can bring myself. Well, I could almost see that being a sort of a competitive thing. Like, who can get the wizard the farthest into hardcore before it inevitably dies? Yeah. I'll I'll tell you, though, I thought, when I first started playing the game, I thought, surely Wish Doctor's broken. It is so easy to kill everything. And then I got about halfway through Act 3. And all hell starts to break loose at that point. Yeah. Well, oh God, that was such a terrible joke. And oh my God, of course it's all hell breaking loose. It's Diablo. But what <laughs> I meant was that, yeah, it's just like the monsters start getting really serious at that point. You know, Master, I'll just, what I'll say to you is just wait till you get to Nightmare. Oh, yeah. no. I, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I think the monk will probably do all right Nightmare. Is that you- what... <laughs> is that so? Your your current nightmare character is a witch doctor, though, or the one that you're closest to getting nightmare? Yeah, with? yeah, okay. and I'll probably hit. Honestly, I'll probably hit it with the the monk first, though, since I'm going to try to play through Act Three and Four tonight. Okay, so that's your to do list is to uh, get. Is it the monk through or the witch doctor? Oh, both of them. I, okay. I plan to do both. Well, for me, I'm thinking I want to get my barbarian up to hardcore. I've got my witch doctor there. I want to get the barbarian, so that's that's on my to do list is to what plow the barbarian. Your barbarian? Barbarian is, uh, I can say more about where she is. She's near the end of Act 2, so that puts her at level 20-something, I think. Oh, yeah, you're about the same as my monk and uh, my friend's uh, demon hunter, if you want to join us for it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, because that's, that's at the top of my to-do list, is get the Barbarian to Nightmare Mode. Uh, All right. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? Let's forget this podcast and let's play some Diablo yeah, 3. Let's go with it. Let's get out of here. 
All right, if you're listening, screw you. We're going to go play Diablo 3. Uh, join us next week. We probably won't have anything to say about Diablo 3 anymore now that we've gotten it all out of our system. Ha-ha. Uh, yeah. Uh, join us next week. Uh, I am Tom Chick. Thank you, Jason McMaster, for joining me. And you know what, Jason? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you in just a second on Battle.net. Absolutely. See you then.